Welcome to Multitask. This is John Moore. It's your boy Fadi. What's going on, guys? So this weekend we celebrated Juneteenth. Uh, I'm excited that my people are being recognized, but other than that, I have mixed feelings about the holiday. Yeah, well, let me pose a let me let me give you the opportunity to start first and talk about it. But can I give you a caveat to that? Do you remember? I didn't know the MLK federal holiday was a recent history. It wasn't like a long, long time ago. So can you talk about your your opinion about Juneteenth with how it kind of differs from when MLK was kind of passed? Or do you not, was it not that in the ether as much? Well, I mean, just, you know, I think MLK was, you know, passed. Just, you know, you know who, who voted against MLK Day was John McCain. And okay. a lot of, and, and realistically, a lot of countries, or I mean, a lot of states, didn't even, um, should I say, a, a lot of states didn't even ratify it immediately down to mm-hmm. the fact that Arizona was one of the last states to ratify it. And believe it or not, Arizona was scheduled to have the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl was taken away from Arizona because they did not have the MLK holiday. So the wow. NFL, this, I mean, this was a woke NFL in the 90s. They actually yeah. think about it. That's that's. They wouldn't do that today, <laughs> you know. The, the, yeah. But by by nineteen ninety standards, the NFL was pretty woke. But um, you know, it took a lot of time to buy him. But I think one of the things that is that that is interesting for me is um, for a lot of black folks, and you know, there's I think overall the opinion is it's good. But as you can see, when you dig deeper with a lot of black folks, there's mixed feelings, there's some bitterness. In my particular instance, and I can only speak for me. I was not prepared, and I'm still not prepared for the mainstreaming of um, Juneteenth. Um, I do not think it's a bad idea. I think it's a good idea. I'll celebrate it. Um, We'll do things. But, you know, what people do not realize is Juneteenth, up until recently, and even now, is not a universally embraced black celebration. Now, what is Juneteenth? Juneteenth is basically because two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, they had never told the people in Texas, and that Texas found out later. But you have to realize that Juneteenth for years was strictly a Texas holiday. My dad grew up in the Jim Crow South. My dad grew up in Selma, Alabama. And my dad celebrated Emancipation Day, which I think was January 1st. I have to confirm, but I think he celebrated on January 1st on New Year's Day, but that's what they did. So realistically, Juneteenth does not have this historic legacy um, amongst all African Americans. Many African Americans have had some form of emancipation celebration or freedom celebration, and it was not necessarily Juneteenth. So I think for some of us, given the events of George Floyd and some other things, I could see that Juneteenth would become that holiday, that celebration, but it's one of those things where we're still, even those of us who are black who support it, I still don't know the traditions. What am I supposed to do in Juneteenth? Um, you know, the Juneteenth flag is red, white, and blue with a star. Most people, and if you look and you go on social media, a lot of the celebration of Juneteenth is the traditional red, black, and green, the Pan-African flag. Red, black, green, and some people use yellow. Um, You know, is that right? Is that wrong? It's hard to say. So I think the mainstreaming of it is, is, is one of the things that may become problematic. And I think the other piece is that, you know, 
and you might know this as an as an Arab man, sometimes it's tiring being black because you got other black folks and more importantly woke white folks who try to out black you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who try to be blacker than you, and, and and I don't know. I mean, does is there an Arab equivalent where sometimes there's you know, white folks have a, have an expectation of the Arab community or you as an Arab man to be so ready on so many different issues. And you're like, dude, I'm just trying to live my life. Right? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts in that regard? To go to your overall point, I obviously don't have a, um, a play. Like, it's not my place to speak about whether it should be in holiday or, or what the situation may be. But I had posted the news on my Instagram story, just the news. It wasn't like um my thoughts about it or whatever. It was just the kind of the blurb that it happened. And um, I had one of my black friends from high school message me and say, I really hate this. And I was like, really? And then tell me why. And she was basically saying along the lines that this is going to get whitewashed so fast that it's it's going to be taken away from black people is how she kind of, I'm paraphrasing here, but she was kind of worried that um, it would just kind of turn into every other holiday that, that the white people have off, but black people don't have off. Right. And that was my, and then once she kind of mentioned that, I kind of thought of like, man, you know what? Like black Friday and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And even during the pandemic, like all these retail workers tend to skew poor, um, minority, black, Hispanic, whatever. Right. They never get the day off on these holidays. And so, so who's going to get the day off is the corporate people, the politicians, those people skew rich white. And when she, when she kind of pointed that out, I kind of thought of like, man, they, they really passed a federal holiday for black people that white people will benefit from. It's like white it just happened right away. And when she's kind of said that, I kind of understood the, the balance, right? Let me just say also this, that it was whitewashed almost immediately. Like I, th- I think Bed Bath, it could have been a Photoshop because you never know nowadays, but I think Bed Bath and Beyond had an email flyer for 19% off or something. And it was just like, all right, guys, what are we actually doing here? So I went on Twitter just to kind of see what everybody was talking about. And the other perspective of that, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, John, is there was a lot of people who were fighting for this, who were on the front lines during the civil rights movement or after that, right? Um, I know when Biden signed it in, he invited a bunch of those old activists and um, leaders who were trying to get this for such a long time, and they were so happy about it. So I, I see what you're saying, right? There's two kind of two sides of the coin, and even within the black community, you guys are kind of like, well, what do we do? What what's supposed to happen? But my my overall worry would be that um, come next year, we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of holiday sales and a bunch of door breakers, and I, th- I think it's, I, I don't want to say it's good or bad. It's not up to me, but I, I worry that it falls like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think one of the things that makes it, to where I have some doubt or question, one of the things that makes it okay, very acceptable, is the fact that there are so many activists in my community, in the black community, who have been fighting for this. And so I think that the space is made, again, I think that there should be space made around the whole issue of emancipation and slavery. So I would have preferred a more interrogated, deliberate, maybe thought out process. Because as mm-hmm. I said, what people don't understand, Juneteenth is a Texas thing. Now, more younger folks, generationally, a lot of younger folks throughout the country know about Juneteenth. Yeah. But my 86-year-old black dad, my 82-year-old black mom, 
they didn't grow up with it. They don't know anything really about it. They're learning about it as much as white folks. And I think that's the thing that probably messes me up more than anything is that for many of us as black folks, it sucks to go into this holiday with not really the level of knowledge or wisdom or expertise on the issue. So now we've made it a national holiday before a significant segment of the black population has become an expert in, in, on, on that subject, you know, down to what should I do? What are our traditions? How was it historically done? Now, I can tell you, you know, again, I also think what white people, white people really need to do is give space to black folks to figure it out. And to your point about being whitewashed and everything else, but, and you know, some of the Wokies are maybe going over the top with, um, their uh, pushback with someone pointed out something very, very interesting, very practical. So literally everybody started on Monday and I don't think they knew that Friday was going to be a holiday. Yeah. And someone said this, <laughs> seriously, I, the majority of black people, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, you know, we're just having a week. What? <laughs> Friday's a holiday? <laughs> but when someone pointed out, which I thought was very interesting, is uh, this comes out of nowhere. Now you have a lot of black men who are locked up <laughs> waiting trial on Friday, bail yeah. hearings or what have you, and they all get canceled. Now, that's obviously probably coming from the abolition community or what have you. But, I mean, that is kind of suck is that, like, these, you know, especially for the people who do not deserve to be locked up, who needed that bill hearing, you know, they don't get to celebrate Juneteenth because all of a sudden they were going to have a bail hearing on Friday and that bail hearing got canceled because of the holiday. So, again, good idea. It's now permanent. Let's make it work. Um, white folks, give us five, 10, 15 years to figure out what the hell's going on before you, but before, before we have it, my favorite, and I, I have not sure if you've seen it, this one girl put out this great, uh, sarcastic commercial where she talked where black folks would go to old Navy and they'd get three fifths off and then, you know, get three fifths, the three fifths compromise. And then she said, oh, you can get 40%. And then the, the, the promo code was 40 acres for 40 acres and a mule. Um, I, do, I, I think that's, I, but going back to what I said, I do think it's just weird because as a black person, it's intimidating that I'm going into this new holiday with probably better knowledge than most white folks, but not, not the, you know, I, it's a black thing. And it's a black thing that many black folks are being brought up to speed on at the same time white folks are. And I think that's kind of, I, I'm not sure if anyone's verbalized it that way, but I think that's where I'm coming from. You know, I've been on some calls, some organizations I'm with this week, and I literally would have to, when people would ask me Juneteenth questions, I would kind of give to other people. And then the other thing is, you know, I know a lot of folks are saying, um, as I said, most, a lot of, for some folks, Juneteenth, once we learned about Juneteenth in the 90s, my crew of black friends, we would make fun of the three black guys from Texas because their state found out late. So it, it's it's good. It needs to be celebrated. And all praise and respect to the activists who brought to the forefront and they gave us as Americans an opportunity to acknowledge and observe the Emancipation Proclamation. And I think it's going to have to work. 
but just understand that it's not as universal. And if you have a black friend and you call your black friend and your black and ask them about Juneteenth, do not think that they're less than you or, or do not think that they're not really black if they're not able to give you a full uh, dissertation or expert opinion on what you should be doing because it's not there yet. And I do, and, but here's the other piece. If I were a Texan, a Texan who observed observed Juneteenth in the manner that all Texans have over the years, I'd be kind of upset if I'm somewhere and the Juneteenth celebrations or observances do not reflect what the traditions are from Texas. Does that does that make any kind of sense there? Absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think I saw a lot of comparisons to oh, white people are going to treat this like Cinco de Mayo or, or something like that. And and I, I think that's very much a plausible um, worry to have. Um, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to change that, obviously. Can I ask you a logistical question? What is it that um, – what's the difference I might not be able to like, answer it because I'm not an, ex, cause I'm not an expert yet. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, logis- I mean logistical government-wise. What is the difference between – let's say 4th of July or um, another holiday that a lot of companies might not give the day off to their employees. For instance, a company that I work for does not give me MLK day off, but the post office might not run. So do you know what is the difference between like legally companies having to give people the day off or do you know how that works at all? Or is it kind of just like case by case? Well, no, it's, it's actually, believe it or not, there is no, there is no legal um, demand on any holidays to private employers. Private employers can do whatever they want. Now, the reality is, is that you have to, you know, be competitive, and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty much a, 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 a dick move to have people working on Fourth of July or Christmas. But if you know, some people don't always do Columbus Day, don't do Pulaski Day. But when something is declared as a holiday, and if you notice, it has to be declared at both the state and federal level, is mm-hmm. when something, and sometimes even at the county or city level, technically the holiday from a day off perspective only applies to that particular government entity. So for instance, if with the federal holiday, that means all federal employees are given off. That also means that maybe certain services like the post office or what have you, and I'm not sure about how it works with Wall Street, but certain regulation or other things, those potentially are also impacted. But if Illinois had not gone ahead and given and made Juneteenth a holiday and enacted it immediately, the people who work for the state of Illinois would have had to go to work, the people who worked for the city. And that's why the city of Chicago had to make it a, a holiday. That's why Cook County had to make it a holiday. Because if, if first of all, like I say, the holiday designation does not impact private employers from a legal standpoint. It impacts them from the standpoint of the government's, your various government bodies are giving, a day off, are giving people a day off. Are you going to do it? That's why yeah. the big ones, the ones we all know, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, 4th of July, um, Christmas, New Year's, King, New Year's yeah. Day. Yeah. And, you know, those are all, you know, those, yeah, th- those are all governed that way. But the reality is, is that 
realistically, private employers are not breaking any laws, are not not breaking any laws for, you know, if they go ahead and um, have you work on a holiday. They're not breaking, you know, it, it's it, they're breaking maybe, you know, on unwritten rules. And as I said, is if you're, when you're trying to compete for employees, you obviously, you know, want employees, you know, you're going to utilize your holidays as a benefit. But no, those, those are not, there's no law around that per se. The only reason I bring it up is my earlier point about who's going to really get the day off. And I, I just worry that it turns into um, one of those where it's like, it's kind of like Groundhog Day or Pulaski. Like nobody really gets off. I just hope it's not that, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, I also think like, CPS isn't in school usually that late, but would they get the day off? If the city of Chicago made a holiday, yes. It's okay. again because it's a because it is a government job. It's it literally, but it like for instance in Illinois, believe it or not, you may not know this. Um, the general election day, and I believe the primary day in Illinois are holidays. Now most people go to work, but if you work in state government, it's a holiday. I know in the general election, I'm not sure about the about the primary. It's a holiday, and that means that all of us who work in who who I used to work in state government, I would get that day off, and partly because I could go out and work for the for for whoever I worked exactly. For. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go right. out and vote and vote the but, polls. Yeah, right. But understand that um, holidays. But, but the other piece though too is that. Um, because you don't have mail, because banks, I think because of the, uh, I'm not sure what governs banks, but because some of the like, you know, banking structures and, and mail, there's, when you look at the federal government, if your federal government and state government shut down, it is so, there's so many things that don't happen that yeah. it, 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 it's easier for private employers to go ahead and be closed as well. But holidays yeah. do not impact. You can't go ahead and say, my boss is making me work on Christmas. You're breaking some <laughs> civil rights law. No! Unless you work for a government entity, you are not entitled to a holiday off. That's something that most yeah, people no, realize. Fair, fair enough. Look, even on Christmas, 4th of July, like CVS is open. All these places are open regardless. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into one that we kind of forget. I hope that um, we treat it with the seriousness and the level of Fourth of July or MLK Day for sure. Right. So speaking of holidays, um, are do we? How do we want to talk about Joe Manchin? Our boy, your boy, that boy. The reality is, Joe Manchin actually has come forth with a compromise on uh voting rights and i'd love to hear your impressions on it well when abrams came out in favor of it i was like okay she knows more than i do and from what i understand a lot of the pollsters were talking about how a lot of what mansion was doing was what georgia was doing prior to all these rule changes in 2020 so it was kind of mimicking what georgia georgia if i'm not mistaken went from the one of the, the bottom 10 hardest states to vote in to middle of the pack with, with all the progress that Abrams has done there. Um, so from what I understand, it was very similar to what Georgia was doing. So when Abrams came out for it, I was like, all right, I trust her. I, I think she knows what she's talking about. 
she kind of her staff later on kind of walked it back and said it's a start it's not everything that we want but it's a start um look i was fine with it in the sense that he's trying to do something but that same day and we could talk about it mcconnell came out and said that um no republicans are going to vote for it and we're going to do everything we can to not vote for anything right so that happened on the same day so it's like you want to be happy that Manchin is trying to put something out there. But at the same time, it's just not going to get 60 votes. And he said, I'll talk about 55 votes. Like it's not going to get a single Republican vote at all. So my worry here is that we're way past trying to legislate this through. We have to either decide we're going to push it through at 51 or we're not going to get anything done. So that's where it kind of stands right now. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, what it said, and I didn't really worry about the particulars as much as it said that he's trying to make a deal. He's just not sitting there playing hardball. Um, and, you know, you know, they've said that in many cases, in the case of Schumer, uh, he has to go ahead and negotiate so that he can say to Manchin, um, they're not playing ball. Maybe Manchin putting forth a good faith effort but being met with, you know, we're not going to have anything to do with it, maybe that might push him. Maybe that might change him because, uh, first and foremost, he should have trusted Schumer. He should have trusted the rest of the caucus. But if if, if they go, if he's gone ahead and he's made, he's put in all this time and work to come up with a reasonable compromise and they still shut him down, you know, he looks he looks like a fool to, mm-hmm. to, to continue on with what he's doing. You know, and and now that I would sort of say he's now got skin in the game. Maybe he didn't have skin in the game before, but he definitely has skin in the game. One of the things I thought was fascinating, and this is something that I think um, those of us who pay attention to politics at more of the strategic and academic level need to pay attention to was, and it's probably one of the things that Stacey Abrams walked back. I didn't know about the walk back, but remember how she came out and said, "Well, you know that we do. It doesn't. She wasn't opposed to the." Um, voter ID, you know, thing. And for years, we've been told, and think about it, I don't think most people, if if activists and elected officials weren't telling us that voter ID was bad, I think most people wouldn't have a problem with it. You need ID, you know, because it's weird. I think there's lots of practical reasons for it, right? But I also know that the argument has been that it's harder and so I think that kind of threw a lot of people when Stacey Abrams came out and said she supports it. But then what, what, what Manchin made very clear, though, was that he's also, though, for a less restrictive voter ID plan, right? Where, like, in Texas, um, you have to go ahead and you can't use your student ID, but you can use your gun registration or something like that. Yeah. So, but, you know, but here's the funny thing. Most people don't realize... Do you realize that in Illinois, and I'm, if you can answer this, you may you may or may not be able to answer this, but in Illinois, we technically have voter ID. Did you know that? I'm sure, here's the thing. I've never voted in person. I've always voted by mail. So I've never actually went in the booth and voted. So I wouldn't really actually know how it works as much. Okay, but even voting by mail, you have voter ID. So here's the first and foremost thing. When you vote, in, when you vote early out of precinct, you have to sometimes show an ID. Right. Out of precinct, meaning not your your over precinct, but at your precinct there is a and and even when you do mail there is a very strong voter ID and guess what that is your signature your signature is your ID and that's and 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 that is believe it or not 
voter ID. They're not saying yeah. that it needs to be a driver's license or whatever, but how they verify that it's you is a signature match. That is how they, you, when people say there's no voter ID, in most, I'm not sure about other states, but in Illinois, we do have voter ID, but it's not that you actually have to show up with a card or anything. It's the fact that you did your registration and you signed your papers. And when you signed your papers, your signature is your ID. And think about it. What? Why is that an acceptable ID? It doesn't cost you money. You don't have to go get some. You know what I mean? Think about. But think about all the. But think about all the ID you have to provide just for your to, to acquire a voter register to become a registered voter. But that's your form of voter ID. So, and trust me, we have utilized signatures to kick people off ballots and stuff like that if mm -hmm. they don't have enough signatures or we deem it. So people scrutinize the hell out of signatures. And one of the things is, is um, I always encourage senior citizens to re-register because over time, your signature changes. And like yeah, if you look at my sure. parents who are in their 80s, they're if, if they moved into this house that they live in in the 70s, they've not re-registered any given time. You know what their signature's probably done over the last 40 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, but, but in Illinois, you know, we do have voter ID and it's called your signature. So I'd be very interested, and I th the one thing is, is that if there was a national standard on what qualifies as acceptable ID, I think, and 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 and, and this acceptable ID is a free ID or something like a student ID or something, I think that'd be a reasonable compromise. Yeah, I think I think Republic when people talk about voter ID, I think everybody thinks about a photo driver's license with your information on it that you have to walk into, which we know can be problematic. If Republicans have it their way, they're gonna want a driver's license, a state ID, your social security card, a picture of you coming out of your mom's womb. Like it, it's gonna they that's how much the Republicans want. Um look, a signature works, but as you said, I'm from Chicago, I understand like the signatures can be uh, throw it out if they are deemed a little bit too different. So I would be worried about that. I don't look, why can't we just have a number tied to your social security number and you show up, you give your social and, and then you have your number and it matches. I don't know. I don't, do you know why that doesn't stop the, like, can we put this in perspective though? There isn't voter fraud. Republicans looked for it under a rock. Republicans looked for it with, with DNA and, and, and blue lights and dark lights and everything, right? There isn't no voter fraud. There was two cases of voter fraud in 2020, both Trump voters testing the system. So it, it's like, what are we actually doing here? Republicans do it because it does siphon off a lot of Democratic votes. But um, if on our side, it's just like, why can't we just have a national number that's tied to your social security number? Everybody has a single number, right? As soon as they're born. I don't know what, the, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I just wonder if your social could be tied to your voter ID in some way, which when I, when I vote, I do have my social on all the info. So I'm not sure how that works though. You, you would know more. Right. Right. Well, I, and like I say, um, I do think there's systems, but to your point, it's, we're also trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. So on the right. one hand, I like the fact that, okay, Stacey Abrams supports Manchin's drive for voter ID because it's a less restrictive ID. But the reality is, is we're still trying to solve a solution that's never really been a problem, right? There, there, there's so, so the the reality is, it's a very you know, I I think that's that's the key though too, right? Is why 
is that a hill we want to die on when it's not really a big problem? It's, it's mm-hmm. You're literally trying to address something that's not there. So, you know, one of the reasons why we vote, obviously, is to elect a president, and elections matter. Um, this last week, our president, uh, and it started last weekend, but he had his first international trip. What is your rating of uh, Joe Biden's first international trip? What am I rating? Like one through ten? Yeah, yeah. How would you rate it? I don't know. I thought it would be pretty good. Um, the whole point of the summit was kind of like um, the the Putin, right? Nobody really paid attention to all the earlier stuff, but we saw those contrasts of like Trump shoving those people out of the way of G seven, and then Biden was laughing with with all the world leaders and stuff like that. Um, plus, this is also interesting because uh post covid right it's just nice to see kind of world leaders get together and 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 do stuff like that um from what i understand about the putin thing i thought it i thought what everybody was saying went good putin spoke well but have have twitter tell it they'll say those are always better for russia than they are for us i don't know what happened behind those closed doors obviously but look from the outside looking in it looked successful there was no gaps there was no mistakes there was no uh, stumblings up and down a plane no toilet paper on the shoes so as far as i'm concerned um, i thought it went pretty good you know overall i thought it was a great trip great international trip he looked good he did a very good job um at all formats you know i think he had a g7 um he had a nato meeting and i think he also attended a mm-hmm. european union union meeting and he obviously went to um uh he went to kensington palace not buckingham uh, oh, Kensington, it's a Kensington Castle. You know, just so you know, I learned the difference between a castle and a palace. I'll talk more about that later or offline. Fair enough. But he went to Kensington, and, and, and what's funny is, I don't know if it's because Trump screwed up. They didn't have him review the British troops with the Queen. She literally stayed up, and and, 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 and he did it separately. But um, overall, his, the, the, the international community liked it. Um, even, um, Boris Johnson was very complimentary of Biden, which I'm sure burned up, burned the hell out of Trump. You know, it had to have killed Trump to see Biden, you know, do so well on the international stage. And, um, I thought it was good. It's really good to be respected. And, you know, I think we talked about it last week, or at least it was in our prep for last week when you talked about just the international polls on, on, Mm -hmm. on uh, Biden versus Trump. But, um, I thought he did a fantastic job. I, I, you know, I was, I was really impressed. Um, and it's just good to be respected on the international stage again. Now people said we weren't respected, you know, the, the, the Republicans and the Trumpites will tell you that we're not respected under Biden. We weren't respected under Obama, but that's bullshit, right? Yeah. It's our, our boys are respected and I, and I'm just so proud of what they did. Yeah. And I, I those, I think those poll numbers came out rough right when Biden was kind of, it was like, it was like, Literally night and day, like 85% to 15% kind of difference between Trump and, and, and Biden. Look, we all know Trump is weak in, on Russia. He's a Russian asset. Sorry, I'll just say it. Uh, that that meeting that him and Putin had, we still don't know what was behind those kind of closed doors, what they talked about. Um, I, I don't know. Do you, do you ever think that stuff will – like I always wish like – Biden will come in and be like, look what happened. Look what happened. You know, I know why he doesn't do it. He, he might not even know, right? It might not be in the drawer per se. Because I don't remember Trump kicking out all the aides. It was Trump and Putin and Putin's aides by himself. So we, we might just not have a record of it. But um, do you think that stuff will come out? Because I, I think the, the dossier and all that stuff exists. I, I believe it for a fact, you know. 
it, 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 it might. Um, you know, the thing is, and this is, you know, going back to even like some of the stuff with Merrick Garland, is there is a way that the government, um, that the White House, that the president is supposed to behave, um, the administration is supposed to behave, and it doesn't necessarily line up with human nature, right? Um, how many times have we seen somebody elected officials say, boy, if I were them, I would I do this, this, and this, but you, we're not them. And there's so many other things. And the reality is, is if there's norms that are broken, especially how Bi the Biden administration handles Trump, then those same norms could be broken when Biden's out of office. Um, I don't want to, I don't want those guys, the Trump administration to get away with anything. But the reality is, is that um, some of the stuff has to be handled by a certain procedure and a certain decorum. I do think that we're going to have to test those procedures and decorums. I don't think that we should take our hands off. We can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. But we should also, so I do, I do want the administration and the people who can hold the administration accountable to push the norms, go right up to the line. But by the same token, I don't want us to, if they pull up short, I don't want us to all of a sudden think that that's really wrongheaded because there's some true practical reasons for that to be the case, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I understand that the idea of norms. Granted, Trump was so not normal, right, that um, he might not fit into the norms. But uh, I also think it's like a Watergate situation, right? Right. We're still getting these classified stuff like 50 years later from Watergate. So it might just turn into something like that where it's like 2045, 2055, and we, we see the we see the P tape, if you will. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm there to see it. But um, yeah, it, it might just come with time. It might just come where everybody's kind of long gone. <laughs> well, I'll say this much. I won't say this much. I plan and intend on living a long life. But if some of that stuff is going to come out, but it's not out as I'm really old, I will literally be a death door and I will hold on for that. For, you know, like sometimes people hold on for, you know, yeah. because they want, I will literally hold on for all that stuff. And it'll be really funny because I bet you there's going to be a bunch of Americans who have just been waiting for this. And like two weeks after it's all released, a whole bunch of Americans just die because, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they've just been, they, they, they were the, the one thing that kept them alive. <laughs> Right, <laughs> the one thing that kept them alive was the fact that they've been waiting for this day, and they damn it are not yeah. going to miss it. Um, you know, speaking of getting back to Trump and some of the stuff, is it was kind of a wild week in the whole realm of the investigation of the Capitol insurgents. You know, um, I'm sure you saw the reports about how when they're interrogating some of these people who took some part in the insurrection. They're asking all these questions. One of the questions includes, "Do you were you coordinating, or do you know members of Congress?" Uh, I, I I wonder, do they know something? I mean, and is someone who's going to be the first person to say, "Yeah"? I mean, is is this question just merely a fishing expedition, or you know, like they say in investigative work and in legal work, you don't ask questions that you don't know the answers to? Do you think right. that question just came out of left field, or do you think that the feds no, and they're just waiting for someone to go ahead and, and acknowledge it. Uh, I think they know, and here's why. They, they revealed, they played their cards this week, and that was Tucker Carlson, who came out and said, oh, the FBI planned it and did it. 
the Republicans are trying to pivot here, right? They're trying to make the one woman who was shot by Capitol Police a, a martyr. They're trying to pivot here because they know they're kind of all involved, right? So all of a sudden, all those strong words by Kevin McCarthy on, on January 6th, all of a sudden it turned into, oh, this was a protest that wasn't that violent. Like, the Black Lives Matter protests were a lot worse. Granted, like, five police officers, or all these police officers were injured. A few of them passed away, right? So, um yeah, I think I think the I think the people interrogating know exactly what's all connected. It happened online. It happened like in front of our face, right? It wasn't like it was a secret backdoor meeting. These guys aren't the smartest, right? Using Venmo and 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 they basically said if your phone was on within a three mile radius of the Capitol, you're going to jail, right? So <laughs> they know what they're doing. They're not they're not idiots, right? But I think Tucker Carlson played his hand, and they're trying to pivot away because they, they're they not voting for the commission. They're not doing all this because they know what it's going to show, that they're a part of it, really. You and I will never, ever be corrupt people. But trust me, if we ever did some corruption, if we ever did stuff, one thing we learned, burner phones. Burner phones yeah. with a data package. Because I, I, I guarantee you uh, that these phones have been telling on people like – and, and it's not even data. I there was that Chicago police officer that got busted. It was his phone that told on him. It literally was his phone that told on him. They 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 literally just you know it popped up and pinged the towers. So um, yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I learned. I you know I'm not going to be crooked, but if I ever am, I'm I will I will definitely get invest in a burner phone with a data plan. I might even do the data plan. You know, it's you, you always see the movie like where. Someone's going undercover, and the first thing they do is they hand them a, a flip phone, right? <laughs> you know that's that might be necessary, but it's it's um it was really a frustrating when they had the hearing this week with Christopher Ray, and um, some of the folks were literally going ahead and treating Ashley Babbitt as if she was some type of martyr. Um, you also had the situation where that one police officer was on Capitol Hill and he tried to shake the hand of the uh, congressperson who said it was his tourist. And I I don't know when this is going to come to a head, but I do think this is going to come to a head soon. Um, also, did you see, and I, it's not in the prep, but did you see there was an article that broke yesterday, and I wasn't sure if it was CNN, NBC, it may have been NBC or the Daily Beast, one of those three. Who, oh, it was actually ABC that actually reported that um, expect that charges in the, additional charges in the, um, Dates case, meaning uh, him, could face charges as early as July. So um, every day in July, I'm going to be waking up saying, "Did he get arrested yet? Did he get arrested yet?" But you know, oh, there's there's going to be this, there's going to be fireworks. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's definitely going to be fireworks. But um, I got I got some sound for you to listen to. So it's it's it's. It is great to be back with so many patriots. Dedicated to faith and freedom and the road to the majority. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Reed for those overly generous words. I'm deeply humbled by them. Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order, and I am honored to stand before you today. So, so this week, Mike Pence 
got booed at the Faith and Freedom uh, Coalition Conference, and they called him traitor. Uh, and he stood there, and he sat there, and he took it. Homeboy, I, I mean, what is he trying to do? Does he re- does he not realize he has no shot? If this is a, re- a reaction, he, he is Mike Pence, a godly man, and he can't go to the Faith and Freedom Conference without being shouted down and called a traitor. Your thoughts, sir? Well, it's his fault. He should have he should have let them behead him. That's the only way that they were going to be satisfied, right? So, look, look, they are so in. Trump painted this early, right? It was before January sixth. He said Pence, if Pence could be a strong man and not a coward and do the right thing, Pence is done. He's just continue to work on his memoirs. Hopefully, he's not caught up in any legal cases. Um, and he needs to walk away. If I'm Pence, I don't know why he wants this. I don't think he wants the 2024 race. I don't think he wants to get anywhere near it. But, um, yeah, look, they hate him and, and justifiably show. I hate him, too. So <laughs> let's keep it, Let's keep the trade going. <laughs> you, know, you know, the thing is, these folks don't realize, and when I say these folks, I'm talking about the Republicans, and the Republicans are still courting Trump and Trump's face. They do. They have a problem that they don't know how to deal with. Um, I saw something earlier today. You may or may not have seen it. Uh, evidently, uh, one of the Fox people was interviewing uh, Kevin McCarthy, Brian Kilmeade, and I don't have the audio, but I saw the the transcript. And and Kilmeade said that if Donald Trump, if you guys take back the majority and Donald Trump was to be speaker, would you let him? And McCarthy said yes. Seriously, dude. If, I mean, seriously, um, how, I've long believed, and I would love to know. I would love to talk to some type of investigators. What is it? Is it just that they're scared of Trump's space, or do you think he's literally blackmailing, or you know, for lack of a better phrase, to have compromise on these guys? Why are they so willing to be just emasculated by Trump and his supporters? I'll, I'll use a baseball term. You live by the home run, you die by the home run. They pushed the base so far to Trump that they have no choice but to now, he's the kingmaker, right? He They have to kiss the ring and they have to do it. I also think he knows a lot about them. I think Graham is one of them. I'm not sure about Kevin McCarthy, but he has, a, he has stuff on a lot of those guys. Let me tell you something. If he was investigating Democrats, he was definitely investigating Republicans. So he definitely knows things that they know. Um, but I also think it's a majority of they need the base and Trump can, we, we don't know, right? We don't know if he can sink or swim a candidate yet. We'll find out in 2022 because he's endorsing different people starting now. So we'll see if that even matters because, look, he's endorsed a lot of people in the past that got their ass kicked at the polls. So um, it, it could be just a, a non-factor. But for now, they're going to they're gonna keep kissing the ring until until it proves otherwise, until until the ship goes down, really. You know, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV, but um, if this is being investigated, and I would hope it is, I would think that would be an extortion charge. The fact that, unless unless he's not necessarily blatantly threatened people, but it's been, because what is it? I mean, it can't merely be his base. It literally has to be, I mean, and I'm not the first person to wonder this, but I mean, have you ever heard, is anyone investigating whether or not he's blackmailing these folks? Because there are times I just really, truly think he's trying to blackmail folks. 
Well, I think he's trying to blackmail him with the base. I think he's trying to. I think he's trying to say like, "Look, if you don't have my endorsement, you're gonna lose." I think that's kind of the blackmail. He's he might have like actual stuff on people, but I don't know. There there can be that much stuff, right? All these guys are high end politicians who've been vetted for so long, so it's not like they have secret um that that many skeletons in the closet. But who who knows, right? Yeah, I just you know I I'm befuddled. I don't get it. I'm not sure why they allow this man to continue to emasculate themselves, emasculate him like this, but there's something going on. You know, before we wrap up, um, we have uh, an NFL football player who's decided to be a martyr in the anti-vax camp. Um, I hope that the Buffalo Bills <laughs> do not let him and, and the guy has to retire. Um what what are your thoughts on our and I forget the guy's name? It's uh Cole, Cole uh, Beasley. Wide Cole Cole Beasley. What are your thoughts on Cole Beasley and his uh the his his uh social media post over the weekend in which he proclaimed his, that he's willing to to go into retirement? First, other I got one more question: How old is he, and is he going to retire anyways? Is 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 he take is it one of those things where where he 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 was in jeopardy being cut anyway, so he's going to go out like this just to Seem like a martyr. To give you some perspective on Cole, Cole is like a um he's not a star receiver, he's not a one to receiver, he's a slot, shifty, um, grinder, fan favorite type of receiver. He's like the 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 second baseman who hustles and stuff like that. He's he's not an all pro right receiver. He is a fan favorite because he is a grinder, he plays through injuries. Um, that whole that whole thing. He's not that old. I think he's probably in his early 30s, which is technically a little old for football, but still, he's on a great Buffalo Bills team that that should play for the Super Bowl this year in theory. Um, look, this is he's just he's he's not wrong in one thing. He's saying things that a lot of people do feel in the, in the sports community. I'll tell you one thing though: the NFL is not the NBA, right? They're going to be a little more. Um, what's the word uh, over the top with their messaging. I don't know if you saw this this week, the NFL came out and said 85% of your team needs to be vaccinated for you to have kind of these protocols lifted. Right. Most teams are almost there, believe it or not. Cause the NFL is like looking at them. They released a memo. They said, this is what you could do as a vax person. This is what you could do as not a vax person. The translation came down to your life's going to be miserable. So just get vaccinated. Right. Um, he there's probably a lot of players who don't want to get vaccinated, but um, they're on the shorter end of the stick here. I don't know why he's become a martyr, but I will say one thing in 2014, I traded Cole Beasley and a first round pick for Devontae Adams of the green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, second best receiver in the NFL and Cole Beasley is the nobody. So uh, thank you Cole Beasley for that. <laughs> so, wow. You know, it's, I, I saw that today, and I, I was like, "Boy, you're really doing a lot of work. You're you're really yeah. really doing a lot of work." And as, as someone said, "This isn't like Cap taking a knee. This is this is some this is some craziness." But you know, um, I you know, I think I think it's I think now's a good time to end the shows. For now, this is John Winding uh, signing off. This is Spotty signing off. Thanks for joining us, guys. Peace. <laughs>